The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Win two out after last night's European action. Motherwell lost in Israel. Aberdeen beaten in Lisbon. But Celtic and Rangers are through. Just one game away from the group stages of the Europa League, as they did last season, of course. What did you think? Get involved, get in touch. We'll look back on that and we'll look forward to the Premiership weekend. Uh, three games tomorrow and three on Sunday. Boy, do we have a good show for you. Um, he said, <laughs> He said. hopefully. Because I'm not entirely sure. We never really know. It just, um, it it just, just works, doesn't it? Just, it? it just unfolds before our very ears. Doesn't it, Si? Uh, but if there's anyone that can stop that, it's me in it. So <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't have hoped for a good show when I'm, when I'm here. But Leanne Cry, I mean, what a guest! I know exactly. Si <laughs> Ferry, Leanne Cry, Nally Defoy, Rob McLean. We're all yours for the next couple of hours. Get in touch, get involved with us. Uh, we'll be speaking to the former Rangers striker uh, John Daly later on. MMA star Chris Bungard, who's a big Celtic fan, will be with us. Are you all set for a square go? I've actually battered him before, Rob. So <laughs> all right, I'll not tell you, but I actually did batter him after night out once. I'll, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm hoping to see if you'll admit it on you. Wow. You're so serious wow. about this, aren't you? <laughs> have, the, have the bruises gone down? Imagine he was at a safety away from you after exactly. the show. Probably, I think he's on his way. He probably is. Would you help us, Rob? Would he you help us? He's going to phone in, but he's actually just coming straight down See? the road. Of course I'll help you. I'll be off in the other direction. Don't you worry about it. Uh, He'll so, point you out. <laughs> so in terms of those European results last night, uh, we're now looking forward to next next Thursday and Celtic and Bosnia to play Sarajevo. Rangers at home to Galatasaray. Leon Crichton is making scribbles and I worry at that point when you're writing things down practicing my signature don't okay. worry carry on Rob <laughs> never, that, never mistake that X marks the spot uh, so San Diego Celtic Rangers Galatasaray um, coming up and Ali what about those uh, weekend fixtures what we got yes there's plenty on the way Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs. Hamilton Ackies are taking on Dundee at home Dundee United should I say Livingston have got St Johnston and at St Mirren Park they are taking on Kilmarnock and then on Sunday the big game on Sky is going to be Motherwell Rangers earlier kickoff of 12 o'clock and then 3pm kickoffs at Celtic Park against Hibs and then Ross County are taking on Aberdeen up at Dingwall so it should be fun Yeah some great games coming up uh, last night on the show Peterhead's manager Jim McAnally was on some very interesting thoughts <laughs> he was brilliant and, uh, wow wow well, <laughs> wait, wait for this can I, wait can for I, that. No, can, can you just wait a right, second okay, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> here's what he had to say about you Simon Ferry just in case people don't know, right? Simon Ferry's one of the best professionals that you can come across. He's a clown a boy. <laughs> he makes himself look stupid. He talks himself down all the time. Yep. And nothing could be further for the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we played Dundee a week past Tuesday. And there wasn't a better player on the pitch than Simon Ferry. He's got himself kind of a super fit. You know, he's just, he's just, he's just a right good player. He's actually too good for us, to be honest. Can I just say that's Paul Cooney, that's Paul Cooney in the background agreeing with him when he said he's, he's a real cl- clown of a boy. That was the only bit Paul Cooney agreed on. It, it was, it was. Yes, oh, yes. Jim, what a guy. I love him, eh? Love him a bit. One of my favourite managers I've had. I've known him since I was 15-year-old. Um, just kind of speak highly enough of him. Just my type of guy. He just tells you as it is. You know, he's saying that about me, but he's also said the opposite plenty of times after games. And that's what I like about him. Yeah. We fell out about five times in, in two years. Um, but it's because we're both passionate and we're both football guys but as I say I, I love Jim a bit and uh, thoroughly enjoy playing for him yeah he's a good guy isn't he and yeah. uh, the, the other bit I took apart from the fact you're a complete clown which I obviously <laughs> totally agreed with at that point was the other thing he was talking about what you've banged on about as well is the fact that you can't have a shower after training I know it's the worst by the way it's 
horrible. Some of your boys are disgusting to actually. I think they're enjoying not <laughs> having it. Uh-huh. But um, no, it's terrible. We play, as I say, we played we played Fraser Brown Saturday, and I had to drive back to Glasgow without a shower. Four, that's four that's hours. Horrible. Terrible. And we're playing Inverurie locals tomorrow. The games you dream of as a kid, Leanne. That's a glam. Wow. That's a glamour. Wow. <laughs> that's a glamour <laughs> signing for his life. After a Peterhead against the Broch, that was that was big enough, wasn't that, when you played Fraserburgh? But now it's Inverurie Locos next. That's it. They just the big names keep coming. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, the no, games that keep you grounded. They are, Leanne. They keep the, yeah. Our boys need it because we played really well against Dundee. And I thought they were proper players, and then we came up against Fraserburgh, who wanted to kick us and run that wee bit harder, and the boys couldn't deal with it. We ended up getting beat two 0 so a wee shock for them. But see, guys, at that level, it's just luck. I think there's mm. there's not a lot of difference in it between playing Dundee and going playing Fraserburgh. People will think I'm mental for saying <laughs> that, but I'm telling you. It's harder going. It's harder playing against a Fraser than it is against a Dundee. Let's be hearing from you on the Go Radio Football Show, and here's how you get in touch. Absolutely, give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Maybe you've got a question for Leanne or Si, or maybe you just want to chat to Rob. Who knows? Um, maybe you want to drop us a message. Unlikely. At <laughs> eight, you never know. Eight seven four seven four. Drop us a text. At put go at the start of your message, or join us on the socials at Go Football Show. We're on all of them. Scottish clubs uh, being canvassed at the moment on the potential impact. Um, we're going to sp- we're going to speak football in the next couple of hours. We're going to have fun talking about football, uh, looking back on Europe and the Premiership at the weekend. But the uh, we just can't keep the c word out out of football. It's it's um, involved in everything we do at the moment. Is that, uh, everyone, is that, is that Cooney? Uh, Cooney, COVID. <laughs> Everyone's face in the studio. C, c for clown. Uh, yeah, clubs being canvassed. Canvassed. That's another c word on the potential impact of an entire season without crowds. I mean, it is really crowds, depressing to think about it. Um, a series of divisional Zoom meetings are being held by the Joint Response Group as we speak. They're going on all the time amid fears that no fans will be allowed into stadiums steady are I should say for some time clubs have been asked to supply information about how long they could survive without gate money uh, and what the size of the financial impact would be that's expected to be used to make a case to the Scottish Government for support and there's news today as well about the Highland League uh, which doesn't sound good Ali at all No not ideal it says there is now an increased risk to the new Highland League season will not go ahead uh, says Secretary Rod Houston he said a truncated 16 game campaign is scheduled to begin on the 17th of October with officials saying this is contingent on spectators being allowed to attend however the return of partial crowds has been postponed indefinitely in response to a rise of Covid-19 cases uh, quoted once we get towards November if we are still wondering that might be when it comes critical said Houston this week is the first time I have been genuinely pessimistic about <clears throat> us getting going as planned it's just awful um, if you've got an answer give us a call we could uh, we could certainly do with one um, Leanne I mean clubs were already toiling losing money hand over fist um, and, and we thought it might be just a confined period where we could see light at the end of the tunnel but at the moment we just don't know when there are going to be any fans coming back at all and clubs are obviously uh, reconfiguring the calculations now Yeah I think it's, it's, it is worrying I think the news that's come out this past week is you know it's alarming but the, the thing that's hitting with me is, is football even going to continue at this rate? Mm. That's the bigger concern just now because we've, we've wanted it back for so long. Um, the clubs that haven't got back up and running yet, um, you know, they've been looking forward to it. We're the same in the Women's League. October's the date, size the same. But but for me now, I don't even think you can have it in your head that it, it will happen because there's been so many setbacks along the way. I think financially these clubs will be ruined. Ultimately, that is... 
their gate money and what they depend on is what they need to keep the club going. Right now, there's probably teams that are operating with limited numbers. I might know better. Mm. I know a lot of clubs that haven't signed up their, their full capacity of their squad because they simply cannot afford it. Mm. Um, at what point do you get players back in in a squad of 23 and, and look beyond? It's impossible to prepare. Um, and the, these guys at these clubs must be so, so worried. I mean, with Roy McGregor on the show last night, Mr. Ross County uh, talking about helping out some of the his neighbour clubs in in the Highland League with with the testing facility that Ross County purchased right at the at the outset. But I mean, that that's grim news about the Highland League. I mean, they're looking at it and thinking possibly what what is the point in starting this because we ain't going to finish it, Si? I agree with the guy. This this week is the first I've started to worry. You know, having speak, spoken to Jim and and it just baffles me that. And Jim said it as well that the pubs can get people in, but we kind of get five hundred people in. I don't, a, a I don't understand that. In an open space, I mean, uh, for me, it's crazy. You should you know, have seen the streets of London last night mm-hmm. with no, everyone walking about at ten o'clock at night. It's the yeah. busiest it's been. Everyone leaving at the same time. Yeah, but our guys, they, they all took pay pay pay, pay cuts in the summer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I never because I'm the best player. But they all took pay <laughs> well, cuts. Well, it had been said by your manager, so <laughs> they all took pay cuts. And you know, even speaking to them training last night, they're asking me, you know, what's happening? Is it going to get started up soon? And, and a lot of these guys it's their main source of income mm-hmm. and, and and our biggest worry is as well as I've said to you off air Rob is there's still a release this uh, uh, clause 12 in the contract where mm-hmm. if the pandemic does happen again we can just automatically be, be released and that's you done so uh, one day we could get a phone call and say listen the season's not starting you've not got a job and for there you've no money uh, boys have got mortgages to pay there's no money coming in they've not got a second job so it's worrying times um, and as I say you get that we feel back you know mm-hmm. we're back playing Dundee you get the wee buzz back you can't wait to get started again and then you hear that sort of news and you start to panic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the thought, the thought of a second lockdown is really depressing. I'm not sure if we, we can go there, but, but maybe sooner or later we have to go there, as would be football getting binned again, Leanne, having, having got it back. Absolutely, but the bit for me as well is just now, in terms of clubs that are struggling financially, I know certain tournaments need to take a priority, so with the cup games that uh, Roy McGregor had offered to pay for testing, but surely that's money that can be better spent elsewhere. Why would be why would we be insisting on making that tournament go ahead? Would it not be better spent keeping clubs alive mm-hmm. and actually mm. sticking to just league football and just having this season as a write off with cup competitions? That means that at least players will have something to play for. Maybe we can get testing going that would allow the league structures to get back up and running. I don't know. There's probably no right answer, um, but I just think it's it's going to be so bit part for the for the entire season and there's no consistency as a player. It's a horrible place to be. You know, to think that come October, November, you, you could just be released and, and that's it is, you know. But I think clubs get 20 grand. We get 20 grand for being in that competition. So I don't know if that'll help clubs as well. But I think you're two grand to get tested, aren't you? Yeah. So over the course of the games, you know, you'll not make that much How, money. So, yeah. uh, so I think you're right. But Dundee United are going to test us. Yeah, right. we, we about 16 grand you'd be left with as two or four, yeah, four but, thousand. Uh, but uh-huh. if Dundee United if teams like Ross County, Dundee United yeah. volunteer to help, then you save that mm-hmm. sort of money. So yeah. we're going to play Dundee United on the. Uh, on the Saturday, we're going to go up Tuesday night because we train in Dundee and Dundee United are going to test us on the Tuesday night to play on the Saturday. So, Which is amazing, exactly. though, it's such a gesture from yeah. those clubs to do that. And presumably that puts pressure on the other Premiership clubs to do the same as well. If, if Dundee United and Ross County are saying, here you go, we'll help you out, then presumably all the, the top two of clubs should be doing the same. You would expect so, but listen, it's Scottish football, so... We expect these other it. things to be a bit more seamless over the, the last six months, but that's not quite been the case, has it? I was applying logic there, which was absolutely... <laughs> no, surely, surely Barry Ferguson's got enough money to 
eesti või Right, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about European football Yay. and uh, some great res- couple of great results for Celtic and Rangers last night for Rangers. Well, I couldn't quite believe it when I heard the, the scoreline 4-0 uh, victorious in Holland against uh, Willem Twe, who, outside of the top three in uh, the Eredivisie, Oh, I love uh, that. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise known as the Dutch League, um, you know they're they're one of the they're one of the better sides. So what a result for uh, Gerard, and this was his reaction afterwards. They're a good team. You could see all night they had a threat. They had dangerous players. They're looking for that combination. They're looking for the one v one. Tonight was all about trying to control that and restrict that and keep their their top players quiet. I thought we didn't do it well enough in the first half. I thought we were lucky to go in at two nil. Thought you know it could have been two one. Could have been two two. So we needed to sort our organisation out for the second half, and then the boys carried that out brilliantly. Four different scorers, strong win, clean sheet, uh, a lot of positives to take, and um, again another top top show from our goalkeeper. He's really hypercritical, isn't he, Stephen <laughs> Gerrard, having won 4-0 against Willem Twe and through to that game against Galatasaray next Thursday. Leon, you saw some of it. What did you reckon? I thought they were really, really comfortable. Yeah, it was the second half I managed to catch and um, turned it on, checked out the score, and to be honest, they, they were in cruise control. Uh, it could have been more. I think Alan McGregor's save was, was top, top class. I don't know if he's a, you've seen it, but I just think that epitomises the, the performances that, that he puts in uh, and has done over the years just at that stage in a game where they were so comfortable and he so switched on and still raging eh, when they, they thought maybe the goal had been given and he was going mad but um, four different scorers I thought was, was great and it's a thing I've actually heard you speaking about Sai recently when you talk about big aggressive players Shane Duffy being one in the box Golden and Hellander they should be scoring every, yeah. every game Especially when you've got the the box. get from Barisic and Tavernier, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Golton was so good, his, his goal as well, his movement. Um, Brown, I thought it was a really good performance and I uh, kept tabs on the Celtic game as well. So two, two at the fourth through, which is positive enough for Scottish football for now. And as you say, uh, Alan McGregor, outstanding. Here's his gaffer. Well, look, it's, it's no surprise. Um, I think if you watch Rangers for the first time tonight, you might be surprised, but um, it's the reason why I picked them. I knew that at times against this team, uh, we would have maybe been in 1v1 situations. We would have needed them to make big, big stops, so uh, we certainly got that decision right, but Alan deserves the credit. It was a superb show. It's no surprise at all, because uh, in previous European campaigns, he does it game after game. There's always a moment in the match where Rangers are under pressure, Si, and Alan McGregor comes up with a big save. I've been saying it on here for the past two weeks. If Alan McGregor's fit, Alan McGregor should be playing goals for Rangers. I, I, I actually shocked on Sunday when I seen the teams come through and John McLaughlin was playing. And I've said it before, no disrespect to John McLaughlin. He's played at a good level, but he's no Alan McGregor. And honestly, I'm not just saying this as well. I think if Alan McGregor's in the goals Sunday, Rangers win. I really so, do. I do. I think the first shot, you know, I know it goes through his legs, but I think McGregor's got that quick reaction to get done and stop it. Um, he's a top goalkeeper, 100%. Mm. I think it's a hard one, though. I think to... I think that affects harmony in a dressing room as well. If you're a, a goalkeeper that's kept clean sheets and you play and you play and you play, you kind of need to do something wrong or there needs to be a, an in for you and I don't think just to change it. I don't know if I'm ruthless, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't matter to me. If I'm a manager, no. I play my best players. Mm-hmm. I think he, that's good football. You, you think he's on a level all, all of his own, don't you? 100%. He's been Rangers' best mm-hmm. player the last two no, years. I, I, he's been, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I just think at this stage when John McLaughlin had played as well or the team had played as well and hadn't, Conceded a goal I think it's a hard one to go Right You're number two today. Yeah, But I, put, I would put it back To like a clop So if mm-hmm. Alisson had been injured And somebody came in And done well For me he, he, Alisson I would go straight, straight back. back in 
I think he's that big a player for Rangers. Uh, and on Rangers, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they do so well in Europe. I think that style of football suits them. You know, when you get time on the ball, it's a tactical game. Yeah. I think Rangers are well coached under Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard. Uh, and I think you get that that bit more time on the ball. I think where Rangers struggle is against the mm-hmm. like of Hibs when they're in your faces. And uh, it's a tight match, you know. I think tactically Rangers got it spot on last night with the, with the, the space that they get with mm-hmm. Kent and the holes and the way they can manipulate the ball, the rotations in midfield. And I think European football really suits Rangers. I think even Kamara looks more comfortable. Yeah, definitely. Like that. He, that European more time on the ball, yeah. he can get turned on, the, he looks for options, he'll play forward a bit more, he keeps things ticking over. I know what you've said as well in the last couple of weeks. He's like a deer in the headlights in the Scottish game at times. Mm. Doesn't he play forward enough? Just a bit panicky. But I think Gerard made a comment before that his team play in Europe for the fear of being embarrassed at that level, I think it was this week. And I thought that's interesting because surely domestically you need to have that same fear. Yeah. You know, that kind of be what drives you and makes you perform better. But I think it is just the time on the ball that, that helps him. Do you think it's because other people don't have a fear of playing them, whereas in the league we mm-hmm. know they're top of the yeah. league. All the lower league clubs know they're top of the league, whereas without within the world, within Europe, they're thinking we're just as good as Rangers. No, that's a great point. Because yeah. I think Willem Tay came out, came out to play against Rangers. You know, mm-hmm. they never sat in. You know, mm-hmm. that, and that ends up giving Rangers more space for guys like Kent and, and Hadji. Whereas against Hibs, it's 11 men behind the ball. It's come and break us down. So I think that, especially yeah. away from home, you know, you think of the Porto results at the yeah. FUD, uh, I think it really suits Rangers to play away in Europe. It's good to have Leanne. It's good to have an international midfielder on the show, isn't it? <laughs> he's been wait- He's been waiting to get on. <laughs> yes, uh, could you tell? <laughs> you were building up to it, Rob. I, I knew something I was up. I know, I was. I, I went quiet and that's always a sign. This is the Go Radio football show. Get in touch with us. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio football show. OK, Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Cy Ferry and Leanne Crichton on the Go Radio Football Show for a Friday. Looking ahead to the football weekend and looking back, of course, on some great results, at least for Celtic and Rangers in Europe last night. It all means, of course, Sarajevo against Celtic in the Europa League playoff round next Thursday and Rangers at home to Galatasaray. And, of course, what that means as well, the knock-on effect means that... Uh, the Celtic and Rangers games prior to Scotland-Israel will be just four days away from that international. I'm going to speak about that later because there's been a lot of consternation about it and Mr Ferry has something to say a little bit later on in the show. (laughs) (laughs) But for now, let's speak to Liam as a Celtic fan. Hi, Liam. How are you doing, all right? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. I just uh, recovered from last night. I think it was a bit stressful, the game. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a late show, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean every single game now. I think I'm stressed uh, a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough when you're playing against a team that are sitting in like that, like last night. A long eighty-eight minutes was it? Nin- Ninety, wasn't it? Ninetieth minute when uh, El Yunusi scored. I thought it was eighty-ninth either way. He scored. Well, okay, what's a minute? <laughs> what's a minute between friends? It was. I think Liam's point is it was too late in the game. He could have done with breathing a bit easier earlier on. What did you make of the Celtic performance, Liam? I mean, it's difficult. I mean, it's like playing like Kelly away and, and these teams away, Living, you know, Livingston and stuff like that. You're t- playing against teams that are, are sitting in and you know uh, defending for their lives, basically. And it was tough to break them down, and it took you know quite a, a few subs to to make the difference. But it was uh, quite stressful, and then also get Sunday coming up as well. So about another tough game. Were you stressed, Ty? Um, no, nah, I was. I thought it was quite comfortable. Eh? I thought the the reaction after the game was an overreaction. I think if we're speaking off air again and Riga have no, no lost at home in a year in Europe I think Copenhagen beat them there uh, it was just a typical Celtic performance of the season you know it was quite slow keeping possession for for the sake of keeping possession for me passing the ball sideways and backwards 
Um, you love all that, eh? I, honestly, I, see, watching <laughs> it, it was true. Like You've got Brown, McGregor, Duffy, Ayer and um, Beaton behind the ball just passing the ball at each other. And it takes for a 21-year-old kid and Jeremy Fringpong to come on. See, when teams sit off... He's only, he's only 19. 19, sorry. What, what Liam's saying, but see, when teams sit off, somebody needs to do someone else. You're a Celtic player. And that's what Frimpong does. See, instead of getting the ball wide and what Taylor <laughs> and Forrest were doing for me was just passing it back, Frimpong gets the ball and drives at people. And when teams are sitting in against you... That's what you need to do. Somebody, and it t- took a 19-year-old to come on, give a bit of life, a bit of enthusiasm, yeah. a wide player doing what a wide player should do, go and take people on, be be direct. And I think Frimpong changed the game for Celtic. He gave them that wee, instead of just keeping possession for the sake of it, he then gave them a threat in behind, and the goal comes from that. You know, the ball goes over the top, Frimpong runs through, puts it across, and El Yunusi scores. Do you know your voice goes very high-pitched when you get excited? Yeah, I know. I need to stop. Very passionate. Very passionate. I I can never just talk it. It always turns into a rant. So that's what you thought. Here's what Neil Lennon thought about the match. Yeah, I thought we were very good. I thought we had to wait a long time for the goal. Sometimes that happens in football. I thought we were excellent. I thought our mentality was good. Missed a couple of good chances, you know, really good chances to, you know, make life a little bit easier for us. But, you know, Moyes come up with a great goal. So I'm, I'm delighted with the performance. It's not easy playing away from home, you know, particularly, you know, going through what we're going through at the minute. But I thought um, it was a good performance and a very good win, very important win. So, Liam, your gaffer thought the team was excellent. Um, agree? Uh, I don't know if it was excellent, but, I mean, like I said, I mean, it was pretty comfortable, but just... I didn't really see the goal come, like to be honest. Like, I think we learnt a few lessons, just like as I said as well. Like, Frimpong's got to start for me. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's difficult like, with Forrest there, but I think Frimpong gives you so much more on the right-hand side. And guys like Yeti as well probably should be starting. And then obviously Elne Yussi, probably not seen enough of him this season. Gets a hard time, but probably not seen enough of him in one of games. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's tough because we've seen that performance this season already, but... You know, you watch the Rangers game and, and they played so well and uh, obviously with the old form coming up in a few weeks it's difficult but just uh, we need to get an established 11. I think that's the most important thing. We actually need to get an established 11 in, in that formation. 3-5-2 is definitely the way forward but we just need to get an established 11. There's too many changes, it's difficult. They're certainly not firing on all cylinders at the moment. I mean, they were one down to Livingston last weekend and they conceded late on as well, so it was less than comfortable in the end against Livy compared to what it should have been, probably. And as Liam says, Liana, it needed a late goal last night because once you go into extra time, then it becomes maybe a bit of a lottery. They did need a late goal, but see, to be honest, for me, I think, as I said, it's over the top. I think the way people are speaking about Celtic just Mm. now, I know it could be a lot more clear-cut, the wins and the results that they've got. We spoke about it off earlier, Liam. I don't know if you would agree if the, if the goal had came earlier, would there be the same conversations today about it maybe not being a great result or a great performance? Would you have took a, a 40th minute goal and a 1-0 win? Would that have affected uh, your enjoyment? Uh, definitely. I think, see when you think about it, if it was last season, imagine we'd gone back to Celtic Park and we'd won 1-0 if it was a 40th minute goal or an 89th minute goal. You'd have taken it all day long, you know? So, but that's what I mean. The, the, the job's to get it done in it and get the win. Yeah, but you know, finally, I, I, I always think it's hard to, to to get in a rhythm and play like free flowing football when there's so many changes every week. Mm-hmm. That'd be like the criticism of Lennon for me is over the top. My one gripe one would be that since Ross County, for me, their best performance of the season, Ayeti and <clears throat> Edward have hardly played together. Mm-hmm. You're, the Rangers yeah. game's coming up in two two weeks' time. They, they need to be, they need to strike up a partnership, mm-hmm. and I would hope yeah. that. Then I just understand why Ayeti and Edward don't play two up every. You look at Liverpool's front three, right? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be my gripe about the Scotland thing as well. These players kind of play two games a week. Are you kidding me on? The Liverpool, the Liverpool front three play every single game. 
For me, every week, Ajete and Edward should play up front for Celtic. Because when Edward and Christie play together, they both come to the ball. And that makes it easy for a team sitting in. What Ajete does when he comes up, he goes and plays in the centre half. He stretches the game for Celtic. And that helps massively for midfield players to then pass the ball forward. Do you think they're in a position now where they are accommodating players? To Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know why. As yeah. I said, it's the same thing with John McLaughlin. This is a year for me, if I'm the Celtic manager... People's feelings and, and go out the window. Mm-hmm. I'm playing my best 11 every week to win games because ultimately you're going to get sacked and you're going to keep yeah. the job based on that. So keeping people happy is good, fair enough, but these guys must realise it's such a significant season mm-hmm. that Neil Lennon needs to put his best team out every week for me. So you going back to Frimpong, I love the fact that he's come on. Was it 34 minutes? The change had mm. to happen. He's 19 years old. Yeah. How many teams in Europe are throwing a 19-year-old on at fullback mm. in a one-off game? How many managers would say... I've got faith in you I trust you go and play and he and changes the game as you say I think that's yeah. incredible because there's so many players now even at Rangers probably at Hibs they've been at Hearts they're fringe players they never get an option you speak about trying to get them games to get them confidence to get them experience get in and play go and change the game you know watch a, the game yeah. go and see what you need to do it's a great point because he could have easily put on El Yunusi who's one of the biggest earners you know uh-huh. 31 minutes like you say but Aye. he goes and goes with a 19 yep. year old and look what these young players are fearless and for me, as Liam says, Frimpong needs to start. Would would he be a new starting eleven, Liam? Oh, 100%. Frimpong has to be. He just, you know, he's so attacking. He gets to the byline. You know, he's not he's, try, he's not play, try to play it back or try to play it into Brown. Yeah, that's another story. But, you know, he just, he's always trying to hit the byline, I think. He just gives you so much more. And obviously for the goal, that's what you're looking for in a wing-back, you know. But I feel sorry for Greg Taylor. Again, he's getting a lot of criticism on, on Twitter, but he's basically being asked to play as a left winger. He's not a left winger. Mm-hmm. He's a left back. No. If you're going to play him in a four at the back, then I can see your point, but playing him... It's a completely different position. You can see Randy Robertson at Scotland. Yeah. He, he struggles as well there, because it's a totally different... You're, mm-hmm. you're having to get out of tight situations. You're having to beat people. You're having to... Left back, you see the whole game. Exactly. You see the game building. You see everybody in front of you. I think to move him up, that's not him at all. You, you, no. you know the player he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... You're putting him in with his back to play at times and asking him to create balls round the corner. That's not Greg Taylor. That's not why he got his move from yeah, Kilmarnock. I, I think you can get away with it at home at teams like Livingston where you're on a big pitch at Celtic mm-hmm. Park. He's got space to run into. Yeah. But on a tight pitch, away at a Riga, a team sitting in, you're then asking him to go and take people on and create chances. And that's that's not Greg Taylor's game. Is there a lot of discontent among Celtic fans at the moment, Liam, despite the fact that you're in the playoff round of the Europa League and you're a point off the top of the Premiership? Uh, yeah, I think... When you look at Twitter, I mean, you can see a lot of discontent. Don't I'm not look at Twitter, Liam. That's that's where you've went wrong. That's <laughs> a mistake. Isn't it? No, it's it's difficult because, like you say, like Greg Taylor playing that position, a lot of people give him stick. But I mean, that's like you say, I think he's moved for that, and people are unhappy about that. And you know, see at Kelly, he was yeah, John Jones in front of him, and he gave him the ball, and he would do the work, you know. But it's it's difficult. I, I think it's still early, and obviously we're two points behind with a game in hand, and. We're still in Europe, so when you look at it on paper, it's still really good. But I just think they're not really at second gear yet, so so it's still time, obviously. But I just wanted all to go to plan for you know for the whole firm. Let's go back to Neil Lennon for a moment. And hear what he's had to say after the match about the match winner Moy El Yunusi. I want to touch on Moy. You know, he's, um, he's been out of the team for a few games. You know, just uh, he wasn't at his best, but he has trained brilliantly, and he sets a great example to the rest of the squad. Comes up with a really important goal, and I couldn't be happier for him. I hope that sets the season on fire now because he's a great player. I think it's fair to say, Si, there's a lot more to come from Moy El Yunusi. Oh, definitely. And you know what? I think, again, I think he's a central player. You know, when he came on last night, he played off a Yeti and I think he played there for Basel as well. Um, he's played wide left and for me, he's not really done it. 
Um, but hopefully this can kickstart because he's definitely got quality. Mm. You know, I'm saying I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just think he's not done it this season. But when you see his goal against uh, for Norway against Ireland, was it? I mean, mm. he's got quality. He's a good finisher. Uh, but again, it's that where do you fit him in the team? Mm-hmm. If you're going to play three five two, he's not a wing back. I don't think he's got the legs to run up and down the pitch. And I think there's bigger names though in front of him that would get an opportunity based on the fact. Yeah. Do, you get, do, you get bi- do you get a bigger name than El Yunusi? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, who would you think, like Christian, that would play ahead? Ah, yeah, I just think there's Cham, names yeah. that, that would always be expected to start ahead of him. I don't think he's quite hit the heights of being a first name on the team sheet yet or a, a first on sub, that type of thing, but he's certainly done himself. No. Don't give me that look. Service. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Frimpong, uh, Neil Lennon had to say about him as well on early, as Leanne says, in the match and what an impact he had. Yeah, I mean, he's not been at his best. You know, he's been a bit, you know, sloppy at times of the ball, but tonight was far more like himself and he's starting to show, you know, a lot of glimpses of that in training. That's the best he's been, you know, certainly this season. I thought he was, was great and the way he was this time last year. Yeah, he's really pushing now, isn't he, to get into that starting lineup? Uh, did you see the thing on Twitter? That he also said, that we've got that clip now, he said he's finally got himself a proper pair of boots. I don't know <laughs> if he's been wearing Timberlands for the first six games of the season. That's going to make a difference then, isn't it? <laughs> but it's just on from Pong. Like, he does give the ball away, but that's, that's, that's a wide player for me. I, we keep, mm. I keep possession so I can get the bottom of my wide player to go and take on his fullback. See, last night, two or three times he got tackled, but as I said, the one time that he mm. goes and takes his man on and puts a you score. I would much prefer my wide pl- that for my wide play than just passing the ball back to a centre half or a centre midfielder on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not give the ball away, but you're creating anything. If I'm a Celtic wide player, and at times I'm he will drag, on, yeah. drag Celtic up the pitch as pitch, well. Though the amount of throw-ins he gets, where he takes him 10, 15, 20 yards, which makes a difference in games where, you, where you're trying to keep putting pressure on. A lot of the time, I think Forrest he'll take players on. Half of him wants to go by him, half of him he doesn't. He turns back inside Brown and McGregor, recycle it again, mm. another three passes. You see, Frimpong just gets that folk. Talking of James Forrest, of course, uh, when uh, Frimpong came on, Forrest went off injured. How is he? He's got bone bruising on his ankle, um, so we'll have to see. We'll have, we'll have to be scanned either tomorrow or Saturday. He'll not make the weekend, and we'll have to see what the diagnosis is in terms of how long he's going to be out for. So he's out for the weekend anyway, and some Celtic fans say we'll be rejoicing about that. I know, it's that old debate, and I'm not going to go on a rant again, but... Um, the bone bruise enough. You ever played with that? It's horrendous. Oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> I was going to say it's be a quick diagnosis though. If he knows, I mean, is it just a bruise he's got for last night, and they're needing to scan it to check that it's the bone, bone bruising. Or, or you had it has he been playing with? It's it's horrible. Like, it sounds like the most trivial thing yeah. ever, but it's impossible to play if it's. See, every time you touch the ball, it's agony. It's uh-huh. like a sharp pain. I've had it loads of times, and I could take kind of see in the first twenty minutes he was hobbling a bit. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that Frimpong never started the game. But for me, again. What you want for your fullback, as I'm saying, is, is, is assists and goals. And James Forrest gives you that. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Again, I agree with Le- Leanne. I think his confidence is low just now. And I think that you see that in the way he's playing. Like yeah. Leanne says, for me, yeah. passing it inside too many times to Brown and, and McGregor instead of getting turned and getting at his fullback. But again, I watched Riga last night and I thought they doubled up on James Forrest. You know, I did. I thought they made it difficult for him to get turned and get running at people. So, say like a better team with James Forrest, and I think. My. my my preference would be Frimpong on the right and James Forrest on the left if you're going to play mm-hmm. the 3-5-2 he's much more comfortable coming inside coming inside yeah. and he's a good finisher as well so I think that suits him better mm-hmm. playing on the left hand side as well Liam he needs mm-hmm. to stay off Twitter if the confidence is low maybe oh that's not a great idea <laughs> we have the James Forrest debate regularly Liam what, what do you reckon where do you stand yeah I, I agree with what I said there as well he's playing the left I think he's a bit more unpredictable playing the left I think the right He's just, like you say, playing it into middle field, uh, middle of the park. I think he's too predictable. And I think playing it left against Ross County, he was really good. Mm. Frimpong was brilliant on the right-hand side. 
that was probably our best our best team probably on paper and obviously five 0 it showed. But uh, I, I like Forrest and he's been good for us obviously over the years. But I just think on the right hand side in a three five two, he's, he's just too predictable. Just finally from you, Liam, what, what about Odson Edward? What are you thinking about him at the moment? I mean, you saw last night. He sort of he didn't look that interested. But how many times have we seen that? I mean, I've seen it at Parkhead many a time and then you, you saw it last night but I mean probably at the weekend they probably scored two or three goals you know so you never know so uh, I'm not worried about it at all but I just think at the end of last season well before Covid obviously him and Griffiths up front just gave you so much more so why is he not playing Ayeti you know if Griffiths is unavailable you know I should be playing giving, giving Edward the best chance to, to play because I think with Christy like I said as well like he's coming to the ball all the time I think with Ayeti maybe gives you a bit more I seen that on Twitter as well. I I, I disagree. I seen it on Twitter last night. Edward doesn't look into it. I see pundits saying it. I went and watched the game back, and I just watched, I know this is sad because nothing else to do. <laughs> I actually went and watched the game back, and I watched Edward. I'll t- first ten minutes the ball, Edward chases across the back four. Another time the ball goes out for a throw, and he sprints to get the ball to get the ball back. If you're in, if you're not if you're not interested, you didn't do stuff like that. I've played with guys who are uninterested and didn't want to be there, and they didn't act like that. I'll, I think Edward is. Is, is uninterested because nobody passes him the ball. Mm-hmm. See if I was him, right. I would be going off, man. Nah. <laughs> he got about ten. He got about ten touches in the first half, and, and, and in that time he was having to beat two or three guys to keep the ball. I think he had an off night, definitely. But to say he looks uninterested for me, I, I don't agree. Eh? I think the game's just too easy for him at times, where he actually never needs to look that interested. And yeah. I know that sounds daft because last night he's probably not scored and he, maybe he could have offered more. But I just think when it comes to the crunch and you need him to show up, he's there. Yeah, he's so so good. Uh, but I think he likes, I mean? he likes like, to play in a two as well, doesn't uh, he? I think he likes to have a guy higher up the pitch. He's than great him. with his feet, though. Why would you not have people in and around him yeah. and closer to him and somebody to link with? Why would you isolate him and then have five players keeping the ball behind him and never actually feeding him? And it doesn't make sense. Because see, see why I was being sad and watching that game. I also <laughs> noticed it. See, have, you got, have, you got, have you got a player cam device in your telly that, that homes in on one player? Or a job? See between Christy and Edward, they never passed the ball to each other once in the game. And that's not that's Ed, mm-hmm. that's odds in Edward's game. Yeah. It's linking up with a striker. Yeah, yeah. And I think when Christy plays, he doesn't get that connection that he has with a Griffiths or an Ayeti. And I think that's where he loses interest when he's not getting the ball. Not for the fact that he doesn't want to be there. Is it the fact that he can't get on the ball yeah. and affect mm-hmm. the game? I hear you. Yeah. Liam, prediction, Sunday, Celtic Hibs. Yeah, I'm gonna say three one Celtic. 3-1 Celtic Thanks just for... went through all that Liam sorry and now you've just gave us a 3-1 win <laughs> no, <laughs> cheers thanks for calling good to have you on the Go Radio Football Show and that telephone number to get in touch and have your say 0808 17 17 700 the Go Radio Football Show it's a Scottish Premiership programme of two halves at the weekend. Three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Hamilton, Dundee United uh, tomorrow. Livingston, St. Johnston and St. Mirren, Kilmarnock on Sunday. It's Motherwell against Rangers. That's a 12 noon start. Three o'clock for Celtic and Hibs and three o'clock for Ross County and Aberdeen. Those European games upcoming next Thursday. Uh, Sarajevo against Celtic and Bosnia and at Ibrox, uh, Rangers against Galatasaray. Both teams one hurdle away from the group stages of the Europa League. Chris Bungard will be excited about that. He is Chris Badboy Bungard. He's an MMA star and he's with us right now on the Go Radio Football Show. Hi, huh, Chris. How you doing, man? I don't know if you were listening earlier on, but Cy Ferry was uh, <laughs> challenging you to a square goal or something like that. Or, or, or reckoned that he maybe had given you a bit of treatment in the past. Do you remember fighting him before? 
I can remember two two hits, one hit, me hitting him and him in the bed. <laughs> no, it was three hits, so the ambulance hit 90 of on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris, Chris, it's good to have you on the show. What's, uh, what's upcoming for you fight-wise? Um, so I'm, I'm fighting in Milan, Italy uh, next Saturday, so I fly out Monday. Um, fighting on the Bellator Milan card, uh, fighting a, a French guy. Um, I've, I tried to pronounce his name, I'll probably get it wrong, but his second Fre- name's Guy, Guy, so we'll call him Guy. <laughs> French guy will probably do. Uh, and is, that's perfect, I think. <laughs> and has he got any chance? As what? Has he got any chance against you? Oh, I was right, it's weird, no, he's no, no chance. <laughs> and what sort, of, right. what, sort of, what sort of chaos is COVID causing for you in your sport at the moment? Well, it's, same, same as everywhere else, it was obviously the last couple of months the gyms were closed and we couldn't get to train. My, my teammate was fighting in Abu Dhabi, so we had to kind of work in wee bubbles and fly out there. It was it was a bit crazy, like tested every every couple of days and quarantined. But it's, it's similar, I need to fly to Milan and quarantine in a hotel room myself for a couple of days um, until all the tests are done and another one just before the fight. So. That's a bit hectic, but you just need to play with the rules, innit? Chris, how you doing, mate, Si? How, how you doing, Si, my man? Good, mate, good. I seen your good last... you battled me, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's only because he's on the radio when you can't touch yeah, him, that's why. I was in the mega bar. I won't forget that one. Oh, mate, I actually... I was in the mega bar. Don't Mate, it was a fight every week in there, wasn't there? Uh, see, I, I watched your last fight. You took it at late notice, didn't you? Aye, aye. And you ended up getting uh, beat. The guy was a lot bigger than you as well. Like, I need to ask aye. you, does that hurt? Because it looks like it's sir, mate. <laughs> No, no, I've been doing it for 10 years now, so, so it's just, just normal now, there are no emotions, there are no nerves, it's just, it's just a normal day, a normal fight, a, norm, a normal Saturday night, but where I'm in Hollytown, it's just a normal Tuesday night. There, <laughs> <I mean. laughs> and what's your dream mate, how, how big giant you could be? I just want to be world champion, especially in Bellator, like... I just I, I took that last notice. Way replacement fight against the former champion, and I feel like if I had a full fight camp and against the champion, I, I think I could put my way. So it's just just rack up the wins, and you know what I mean. I just I'm enjoying this life. I'm getting to live, getting to travel the world, and you know what I mean. Just live the dream, sort of thing. And be on go radio, living the dream, mate. You're right. <laughs> Exactly, man. Talk to you, man. <laughs> Chris, it's Ali here. Um, a lot of people ah, yeah. don't know too much about the sort of MMA world, so yeah. you might be a bit more of a grappler or a kickboxing or, or punching. Or yeah. where do you sort of stand? What do you need to focus on? Um, well, I'm kind of a, a well-rounded guy, so I like grappling and I like striking. But um, the guy I'm fighting is a judo black belt, so he's more into like clinch work and grappling. So. Every, every fight's different, so it's like we put problem solving, like you need to solve this guy's puzzle. So we've got a game plan. Um, I'm fit and I'm, I'm flying the new fitness wise, and my striking's on point, my grappling's on point, wrestling, etc. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I feel like it's got to be another spectacular highlight reel finish for me. So a new YouTube club coming up. Talking about your highlight reel, tell us about the bad guy. This is on BBC iPlayer. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> I watched it. What it's is really it? Good. Tell me about it. It's about his life. It's good. Is it? Uh, him and his papa and that. It's good. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's just a wee small documentary about, um, it was like a fight like a couple of fights ago and just my life and where I've came from and stuff like that. It's, it made me look good, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> 
It's all porkies, man. It's a good watch. And how are you enjoying Celtic this season so far? Um, obviously, it's, it's a bit rubbish without the fans, you know what I mean? Like, the fans are living in football, but... Um, watching them last night, like a lot of people were obviously moaning because we, we got there quite late on. But it's a away win in Europe. Um, Celtic bunch, bunch uh, are, are hard to please at times, especially when you're winning three trophies a year and they're still not happy. Yeah. But but it's just high expectations. They've got so many good players in that midfield. Like it's hard to play them. You punched your phone. Underwater, gone. That's not sounding too hot, is it? I've I think. just lost the signal on that one. I'll... Are, are you still, still there? He's still there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that answers that one. He's dropped in a bowl of soup. I think we've got a, a wee problem with the with the phone signal, so maybe we can get back to uh, Chris. Um, my favourite, uh, my highlight of the show so far is your question. Say, si. did that hurt? <laughs> did you see it? No. Oh, it was brutal. Eh? Is that right? Because uh, I think he took it in like two days' notice, and the guy was obviously been training for six weeks and. Oof, but he took it like a champion. I'd have been in tears, man. Do you think fighters ever actually cried? Because I would. Uh, I used I would to cry present it, and a lot of fighters did. Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. What they cried? No, yeah. Oh my god! But it was unfortunate because you'd see some were like proper emotional, and a lot of them like hadn't eaten a diet of tuna and chicken for weeks, and they hadn't been able to actually eat a proper diet. Can you uh, imagine how emotional you'd be if you just had tuna for like a week? I think that's. I think <laughs> we maybe got. I think we got Chris back now. Are you there, Chris? Are you there? Chris Bungard. Sorry, MMA. I just need to press the button. Yeah, yeah, is there? <laughs> yeah. Did you batter your phone because something strange happened? Uh, just because I was talking about Celtic, I got a wee bit angry there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, exactly. I mean, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flack flying around, isn't there, uh, among Celtic yeah. fans at the moment, despite the fact that you're, you, know, you could be on the point of clinching the quadruple treble when the Scottish Cup resumes. Um, yeah. You're, you're, on, you're on, on track, you would hope, for, for 10 in a row, but, but a lot of Celtic fans, Chris, still not happy. It's mental. You would, could you imagine if we weren't winning trophies every year? Mm. Like, then we, you know, it's madness. Like, I get it. Um, I get the fact that they're wanting the God just brought in the football. It was it was great football to watch, Champions League football, and then obviously like Len's got his own style, and um, obviously we didn't make the Champions League there. So I can see why people aren't aren't happy and stuff like that. But we're still winning games. We're still winning trophies, and as long as we keep beating Rangers, I'm happy. You know what I mean? That's what Celtic fans forget though Like Brendan Rodgers in Europe Celtic were terrible Yeah We're going away from home And getting beat 3-4 and four. Is that what Celtic fans want To play To exactly. go away and play decent football But give it 3-4-0 yeah. Neil Lennon's the Celtic manager Because he's got An absolute great winning mentality And that's why he does He goes away in, to, in Europe And gets results You know they beat Lazio last year yeah. Brendan Rodgers yeah. team When they beat Lazio No way And he was like that as a player as well Wasn't he Because he didn't mind a square pass He he just wanted to keep the ball That that was what he did in the team It was about about ball retention And letting other people uh, Do all the stuff The sparkling stuff And and as manager Chris um, He he just hates losing I mean I've I've rarely met somebody Who hates losing as much as he does Yeah He's got that Winning mentality Even as a player You could see it with Celtic and then when he was a captain, then now managing, and um, it's just it's what he knows what it means to Celtic fans more than anybody. You know what I mean? And that's that's who you want uh, leading your team. Yeah, he's the one guy that can deal with the pressure of going for ten in a row. You know, oh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But Lenny's been there and done it. Honestly, when he was my reserve manager, see if you lose a game, you'd be in the dressing room for tours after the game. Yeah. It's like a World Cup final. Mm. He's 
desperate that, that group of players under Martin O'Neill I've never seen players like it in my career how much I loved winning and uh, squad, Lenny's the guy you want if you want to go for 10 in a row 100% mentality wise yeah. I need to say Rangers are looking well then as well I think they've got to go all the way to the wire ways, but I do think we'll fight them obviously but they're looking good they looked good last night you know I mean, what they need to do, Rangers, is to transfer mm. the quality of their European football into domestic. Yeah, yeah, they're top of the league yeah. at the moment, but but look what's happened the last couple of seasons where where it's all gone horribly wrong after the, the turn of the year. That they've got, I guess, Chris, they've got questions to answer in that area, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Especially usually when they come back to the winter break, and that Rangers usually fall apart, but. I don't know, and they look good in Europa this year and last year. They had some great results too. Some both some good individual players as well. But I think as the season goes on, Celtic always steamroll away with it. It's just a class comes through, and their winning mentality has been champions for the last nine years. It it really shows come Christmas and beyond. I think the interesting thing, sorry, Rob, is the fans because I think Celtic thrive yeah. on having the fans there and the fans behind them, and they know exactly what's on the line. Whereas I, I think. If the shoe was in the other foot, I think Rangers would be fine playing an old firm game now without the pressure. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I, th- I think yeah. to an extent it helps them. And of course, I'm a footballer. I love a packed stadium rather than two men and a dog there watching you yeah. or nobody there watching you. But genuinely, I think when you're in a pressure environment like that, it's often hard to, to get the emotions and the performances yeah, I, I said it last week. Like guys like Bruni, he loves that. Eh? Mm-hmm. He loves the reaction for a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, in training, Bruni doesn't stand out any more than anyone else. But see, when you got on a pitch and there's fans, sixty thousand there. That's where he's yeah. Scott Brown. That's why he's Scott yeah. Brown because he can do it in front of sixty thousand fans. And I agree with Leanne. I think Celtic massively have missed the fans. Whereas I think Rangers, Rangers are better, better without them. Because so. I think with Celtic, it's a performance. It's almost like flicking a switch. As soon as they're in the tunnel and they hear the noise, yeah. They're ready. That's what they're because their fans have only known success for the mm. last nine years. So there's really been too much negativity, apart from speaking on shows where we just slaughter folk. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think the fans urge Celtic players to pass the ball forward uh-huh. more. So Aye. see this passing. If that happens at Celtic Park after 20 minutes, there's groans, mm-hmm. and the fans know we need to start passing the ball yeah. forward more now. So I think Celtic have, have I agree with Leon, massively missed mm-hmm. the fans. So Scott Brown's distraught at the moment. There's no one to annoy apart from all the other players on the pitch. No fans, no fans to annoy. But he's massive for you, isn't he, Chris? In this so important of seasons, potentially the man to drag you across the finishing line. Yeah, um, he's he's definitely the leader of the team as as the last nine years says. But like a lot of people give him a bit of stick sometimes as like an off game or whatever. And like the first thing they say is that he's past it because he's age. But thanks, Scott. The last four years Scott Brown's been getting better and better and he's mm-hmm. probably the fittest on the park mm-hmm. so um, if he can keep healthy and fit and uh, injury free I think there's, there's no other person that's got to lead Celtic all the way to 10 now. I definitely think he should be used not as much you know people were saying last night as well again uh, when Incham came off uh, take Brown off but you kind of take your yeah. defensive midfielder off 0-0 away in Europe mm-hmm. he's there yeah. to stop no. counter attacks you know that's for me, that's no when he should be taken off. It's when you're three-one home at Livingston with sixty minutes gone. I get Scott Brown off the pitch, knowing that you've got this European game coming up. It would be interesting uh, to get an insight into that, though, if he would be okay with that. No, I, I know. Do you know what I mean? But, but, but I also okay, think, uh, though, surely if you could see the bigger picture of it, like a hundred percent, I want to play every week. Yeah. I go away with Scotland. I want to play every game. There's been times where I've sat in the stand for months upon months. Mm. Can I get an in? You're no in favour. Then there's games that you get picked for and you play because it's a different type of opposition. Then there's other games that you know you don't need a defensive midfielder in yeah. there. You see the bigger picture, you go, that's fine. 
I can accept that. Ten in a row, would you rather use him sparingly and get the best out of him or just have him in there because he should be in there? You yeah, that, I mean, I for agree. me, I, yeah. Because if you're rotating strikers, a guy Ayeti, 26, why are we not rotating the 35 year old centre midfielder who's played mm-hmm. every game for the last five years? But then again, he is so important. And knowing Bruni, he does want to play every minute. Mm-hmm. But that's where Lenny has to be that strong manager and say, listen, I know you want to play, but mm-hmm. for the better good of the team, maybe sit out a couple. Chris, good luck against the French guy once you work out <laughs> who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Cheers, you very much. Cheers, Chris. Chris. Good to have you on the show. The news at six is on the way and that phone number 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Nancy for the news. It's Scottish football chat all the way. We do it for 10 hours every week, Monday to Friday, five till seven. Just work that out. Five times two, <laughs> ten. Yep, think so. Uh, football chat all the way. Get involved on 0808 17 17 700. How else, Ali, uh, can the listening millions get in touch? Yeah, you can drop us a message on the socials at Go Football Show, which uh, in fact our kid has done. He's got a wee point. I can bring that up to you later. It's on uh, Celtic on Moy, but I'll, um, I'll save that one for the moment. Um, or else you might want to text us 87474 put go at the start of your message Big games coming up at the weekend Hamilton Dundee United tomorrow Livingston St Johnston St Mirren Kilmarnock and three Premiership games on Sunday as well it's Motherwell Rangers from 12 noon Celtic play Hibs and Ross County against Aberdeen in Dingwall Upcoming in Europe Sarajevo against Celtic Rangers play Galatasaray in the Europa League playoff round just one hurdle away from the group stages of the competition Good luck to them when that comes around on the back of 1-0 Celtic in Riga uh, last night and 4 4-0 Rangers in Holland against Willem Twee. No such luck for Motherwell and Aberdeen there. Out, we'll hear from Stephen Robinson later uh, about his team losing 3-0 in Israel, but turning in a really good performance by the sound of it. Aberdeen lost out to an early goal in Lisbon against Sporting. So they are out, Rangers and Celtic. March on. Uh, let's talk about uh, Scottish football and the continuing threat from COVID and uh, what it means to the game we love. Clubs, as we were saying right at the top of the show, are being currently canvassed on the, the potential impact of an entire season without crowds. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. A series of divisional Zoom meetings being held by the Joint Response Group amid fears that no fans will be allowed into Stadia for some considerable time. Clubs have been asked to supply information about how how long they could survive without gate money and what the size of the financial impact might be that's expected to be used uh, to make a case to the Scottish Government for support. Let's speak to Jerry Crawley on the line of Scotland's oldest senior football club, Queen's Park. Hi, Jerry. Uh, yeah, hello there. Hi. Hi. Um, club director, c- club president, am I right in saying? Uh, yeah, club president up until very recently, David Hunter. Uh, David Hunter took over just a few few weeks ago, so he's the he's in effect the new president. So I'm uh, returned to being a, a, just a director. Jerry, how are you viewing the the current uh, situation apart from grim? Well, well it's, it's it's deeply frustrating. Um, you know, we're all we're all missing the game we love. Uh, you know, it's a really difficult situation. You know, obviously COVID is really difficult for not just football, you know, for, for just normal life and, and the politicians are wrestling with it as best they can. So it's really, it's just so frustrating. Uh, the, ho- the hope is, and I recognise that the threat now is no, no supporters potentially for this season. 
although I'd like to think that's that be under review over the coming weeks. Um, and the hope would be the games we can get the game started. That's 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 certainly what I'm hoping hoping that takes place over the next couple of weeks. Are you, is communication good? Do you do you feel as if you know what's going on uh, in the decision making areas? Well, certainly, certainly. Um, up in, uh, I, I was heavily involved in a number of discussions over the summer, and yeah, I think I think the flow the flow of communication is 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 good. The difficulty is the change in circumstances, and 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 that I think that's that's the, the challenge of of understanding the government advice and and how it impacts football because it is nuanced. You know, it is nuanced. Clearly, the Premier League's back. And you know the players are being tested consistently. Uh, we, as a club, we thought we would have to test, and then that was uh, that was kind of downgraded, so we didn't have to test. And now we have to test if we're playing a Premier League club, and, and it's that type of thing. It's those nuances and details that sadly are are complex and moving. Uh, but I think generally, uh, both the SFA and SPFL are, are, are doing their best in very difficult circumstances. Jerry, how you doing? It's Cy Ferry. Hello there, Cy. It was a pleasure to meet you the other week, mate. Yeah, good, good, good to speak to you again. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was a pleasure to meet you too, but obviously it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Move he on. doesn't remember you, Cy. <laughs> it's fine. I just wanted to ask I you... Didn't want to be, I didn't want to be rude right off the bat. I'm going to save that for later. Brilliant. Uh, obviously, you went full-time, uh, Jerry. Being amateur, now going full-time. Are the boys in training every day or have they had to, had to train from home? You know that we've been in training for the past few weeks. I was actually in today, so uh, squad's looking good. And again, that's part and parcel of the frustration that for, mm. for our club is is the uh, we've made the the move to to turn professional, sign quality, experienced players, and and that's that leads to this. You know, it's an incredibly exciting time for the club, and it's just so frustrating as this ongoing threat of or, or doubt over you know what's going to transpire because. We really want to get back to playing and, and and seeing those new players, you know, represent their colours is, is something we're all really, everyone at the club and associated with the club is really excited about. So what is it you do, Jerry? Do you just test the boys' temperatures every day? Yeah, we're taking the, taking the temperature. We're, we're, we have a COVID officer who's a, a, one of our board is a doctor, a retired doctor. So he's our COVID officer and uh, the management team are, are really professional. We're taking our responsibilities really seriously uh, because I think it's, it's important we do so. Jerry, it's Leanne Crichton here. How are you doing? Hello, Leanne. Hi. You touched on that transition there. Would it have been better for the club not to have transitioned at the time that you did financially, no, that, or are you he's all right with it? That, that's a good question. Um, it's been put to me before. The thing, the thing, the thing. It's very easy to to kind of look backwards and say, well, what if? The, the issue the club would have had uh, had it remained amateur, if you if you think about you know, give any thought to recruiting in an amateur uh, for an amateur club against professional competition, mm-hmm. you, you'd be left trying to recruit from for players from the junior ranks who haven't played. Uh, the young players have had a, you know they wouldn't have played for months. We, we would have been in a terrible position mm-hmm. had we remained amateur. Really a really worrying situation because clearly uh, football football. In the, in the coming ages, change dramatically. Uh, players look to be compensated wherever they can, and and therefore we we would be really struggling to recruit. And uh, so I, I don't have any regret at all about the timing. COVID has impacted every club, and lots of lower league clubs will be will find it really difficult. 
we we are we're trying to build a new a new ground at Lesser Hamden, and we've been impacted with that with a build because of COVID. But no, I don't regret the move to to professionalism, and and it's unfortunate, but it was it was the right thing at the time, and it is the right thing. Everyone's being affected, Jerry, but but the timing's awful, isn't it? Because um, there must have been such a feeling of excitement in the club about entering this new phase. And there still is. I mean, it's not. You know, my hope is the games begin to take place and the government review process uh, is ongoing because clearly circumstances are changing. Clearly there's been a, an uptick, I think is a phrase that's used, and, and, and the government has had to react. But the hope would be that we, we you know, we, we follow the advice and we get the thing under control again and hopefully get, uh, at least at some point in the season, crowds going into games. Do you understand why... Um the, the whole experiment has been postponed at the moment of, of getting fans into games. We saw it at uh, Dingwall, we saw it at Aberdeen a, a couple of weeks back. Um, I mean, people can sit in bars watch, and watch football on the telly at the moment, but and that's indoors and that has, that's fraught with problems, you would imagine. Um, what's wrong with a few hundred people um, outdoors, uh, socially distanced? Yeah, Robert, and again, as a, as a club, we're fairly unique in Scotland in the sense of we're averaging crowds of about 750, 800 in in an enormous stadium. So therefore, superficially, you look at that and say, well, you could socially distance all you want. You could have, you know, three rows to yourself if you kept the same average. The issue is around getting people to the game, the pinch points, turnstiles, uh, pubs around the the grounds, uh, which clearly, you know, you have to sort of be socially distant anyway. So I I get the kind of reaction of, of government uh, I know I've been keeping an eye on the lower league uh, games in the north of England and I know that the crowds have been allowed in there. So it is deeply frustrating, but I kind of get, you know, we, the country has to get the thing under control. We have to get, you know, the, uh, we have to be sure that we're safe. So it is it's deeply frustrating, but it's I do understand it. I understand um, as well, Jerry. It's Ali here. I was just thinking to get the transport for the 750 people, if they are all taking a bus or if they are all taking a, a train or whatever it might be to get there, it's not necessarily once they're there and spaced out, it's how they get there and how they leave. But um, my thought was really about Ross County. I don't know if you, you've heard that they're paying for Elgin and Brora. Um, how much would that make to these clubs, do you think, as a difference to pay for testing? I know you don't have to have it at the moment, but how much of a difference would that make if, if you did? Well, I think it's a, it's a great gesture um, from Ross County. And every for, for the vast majority of lower league clubs, money is really tight, and everyone's concerned about about the impact of it. So it's 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 a it's a great gesture. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't knock any club not offering any Premier club not offering that, but it's it's certainly a, a very generous offer from Ross County. Do you think that the Scottish government? appreciate the part that Scottish football plays in the community, how important it is to to the fabric, if you like, of, of society. Because obviously um, th- there is a gearing up, it seems at the moment, to, to apply pressure and to make the case for, for Scottish football, um, the, the case for financial assistance, Jerry. Yeah, I think, I think we, we, we'd have a bit of exposure to it in, in the sale of Hamden when we were engaged with the uh, Scottish Government uh, for a, in a variety of topics and aspects to, to, to the national stadium potentially moving out of, moving away or national games being moved out of Glasgow. So we, we've got a kind of, we had some insight and in, in dialogue. I, I, I think 
I think it's a football's kind of a, a kind of unfortunate hobby horse at times. You know, of, of uh, you know, it's a big stick being taken to the game, perhaps too heavily. Um, my view in, in football for Scotland um, and Glasgow. I mean, we're a football mad city, and it's it plays just plays such a vital role in, in society. No matter the club you you follow. Um, so I'm not sure they've got a, a total handle on, on the way of life that football is uh, in Scotland. Jerry, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, all the best to you, Queens Park director Jerry Crawley, on the Go Thank Radio you. Football Show. All the best. Cheers, Jerry. Bye, just now. Cheers, mate. So we're talking uh, Hamden Park. We've been talking Hamden Park there, of course, the ancestral. Home. The Go Radio Football Show. I beg your pardon? <laughs> where, did that, where did that come from? Oh, why not? A bit of music. I know, exactly. I like it's a, a wee, bit of doom and gloom I, with I, like, I like a wee interruption. Um, so we're talking Hamden. We're talking uh, Scotland against Israel on the 8th of October, not far away now. And, and we were saying right at the top of the show, and you've been a coiled spring on this, side, and I feel you're about to burst into life on this yeah. because um, a lot of talk about the, the Rangers and Celtic games being put back because of Europe, which will take them to within four days of that Scotland-Israel game. And, and there's a lot of uh, consternation because some key players might be playing four days before a big international match. What are you thinking? Blows my mind, Rob. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, it blows my mind. Four days. So see if you see if you play. So is is the argument tiredness or is it we've not got enough time to prepare? Because either way, load of nonsense. It does. It doesn't fall into a periodisation program though. What is that? Oh, exactly. And that's the problem. They've no. They're not going to get their two day recovery. I mean, these top players can play every four days, surely. And on the managing side of things, you only get four days to prepare for a big game. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, it's a normal week if you're a, if you're a club team and you've got four days to prepare. Surely that's more than enough. I could prepare a team in, ha- in ha- half an afternoon. Take them out and tell them how the other team play, how we're going to play. Go out and play. Sports science. You it's won't, gone you mad. Like it's it, gone mad, is, Leon, honestly. It is, it's got, is. Is it the same when you're away with Scotland? Uh, it's, it is, you follow a programme. I mean, the periodisation programme. I know you love a, a modern day coaching word, so <laughs> I've made sure of that in there. Just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Is Educate that, those who don't know what that means. It is, it's the programme that you follow, basically, throughout the year. Like Coaches and managers will plan for an entire season. International breaks are normally scheduled within that. But most teams, like European models, um, British models, you know, it's, uh, that is what it is. It's sports science. It's what, it's what people deem to be how you get the best out of your players. You it's need a, a travel day. means that you don't train the next day. means that the next day is a recovery day. Then the next day is a build-up. But why? It's not, working. it's not working. But there's no time for that, though. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> the, the scheduling of the games make it very, very tricky. I don't think if you're Steve Clark, you'll be chuffed that that's, that is how the fixtures are looking because he'll know that there'll be players that he won't see until two days before the game. All oh, right. so if they play, then they can't play for two days, and then he's only got two days mm. to... See, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, surely if he goes away with Scotland, they're under his guide, guidance, it should be up to him who trains and they who doesn't. They, they get, they'll have a say to an extent, but most, most players now are, are ruled by the clubs. And every club and every player has got individual bespoke recovery plans that they'll do you know players will be used to doing this and they're used to doing it so if you take the risk and you say no this is exactly what we're doing which I think in the beginning Steve Clark was a bit more strict in the sense that he was saying we need players on the pitch that was when the Ryan Jack thing happened where he'd covered like 11k in a training session and and Rangers were upset at that because they deemed that to be too much but Steve Clark deemed that to be just enough to have players on the pitch and go through what you need to go through you're, it's a losing battle. And do you think the players like this? 
Because if I'm going away with Scotland, I'm saying to the manager, I, I played yesterday, but I, I'm more than happy to train tomorrow and I get ready for it. No, I think they'd be happy to follow the consistency, which Listen, would tell them not to train. After what Jim McAnally said about you, you could be going away with Scotland shortly. <laughs> <surely. laughs> I'm not that desperate, Rob. But, uh, no, then, I do feel for, for Steve Clark in that sense, but still two days. Two days to plan more than enough. It's not like you need to... All you need to do is get, get your shape done. Mm-hmm. How they're going to play, how we're going to play. Surely we can get that done in two days. But these guys that are playing at the top level, they should get that in ten minutes. So we're talking about Ryan Jack there, who's back in light training, incidentally, in terms of uh, featuring for Rangers again. What about the other Ryan? Ryan Kent. Lots of talk about Ryan Kent for England off the back of his performances. Scored another goal, of course, last night in the European win in the Netherlands. Here's assistant manager Gary McAllister. Well, I'd agree with you that he is... He's- very exciting at the moment. He's played me a lot of confidence. What I would say is then when you perform the way he's performed against, a, you know, like a, a team from, from Holland, you know, willing to a good side. When you play against that level of opponent, you never know. He must be getting, he must be getting close because there's a push towards younger players with England set up with, with Gareth Southgate and, and, and Ryan's, I don't want to be, you know, shouting for the rooftops, but there is a player here who's, who's in, in really good form. I wonder if Gareth Southgate knows there's any football happening north of the border, Si. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I kind of see Ryan Kent getting the, the England squad. I mean, you look Jack Grealish kind of getting, kind of getting the England squad in a similar position. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're probably their their most talented area is wide players. You know, Yankee Sancho, Rashford. <clears throat> uh, they've got loads of them, uh, and I think if you are going to go and play for an England and a Celtic Rangers, you need to do it in the Champions League. I think Alan Thompson got called mm-hmm. up once yeah. when he was at Celtic, yeah. but he was doing really well in the Champions League. They were beating Barcelona, Juventus. I mean. I get uh, Gary McAllister's point he is flying but mm-hmm. not at the level that they, these other guys are doing it and I just think though with England there's a thing about people yeah. playing in Scotland that just never it doesn't sit well with them yeah. they don't think it's good enough I think Fraser Forster was a, a prime example of that mm. moving and hoping to be England number one at some point and felt the need to to move from you know the job well, the job that he could have done at Celtic um, but I think he's he's a top top player Ryan Kent and it would be interesting to see how he's career progresses if he does get that move that has been spoken about of late um, then you know maybe at some point in the future you could see him in an England jersey It's a great point with Forster as well because yeah. for what I believe he would have rather stayed and been second choice at Southampton than come back and played for Celtic due to the fact of mm-hmm. the international it was all about his international career and he didn't think that, that playing here he, he would get in that England team so it's a great point Ryan Kent certainly a star man for Rangers and an early season contender for player of the year you would imagine if he keeps up this sort of level of form helping Rangers through to the playoff round in the Europa League Celtic are there as well this is the Go Radio Football Show The Go Radio Football Show Let's go we're almost, we're almost at the weekend. yippity doo da Hamilton against Dundee United tomorrow. Livingston, St. Johnston, St. Mirror against Kilmarnock on Sunday. Three Premiership matches, Motherwell and Rangers. Celtic Hibs, Ross County, Aberdeen. And here's how you get in touch. Absolutely. Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. The number doesn't change. It's the same. Maybe you want to drop us a text 87474 and put go at the start of your message. Or alternatively, do what our kid has done and get involved in our socials at Go Football Show. He said, I can't can't agree with the panel. Moy started the season well, scored two goals in UCL qualifiers just to be dropped until he took his chance last night. That's when we were talking about the, the Celtic team earlier on. Yeah. He's that's how you know his agent. <laughs> <laughs> that's who that is. Even Neil Lennon said he's, he wasn't playing well. Yeah. So, so if, if, no, he wasn't playing well. He's, he's assists and goals, what he scored two goals yet, yeah, but his general play for nah, me there's more to come yeah, there's got to be more to come more. yeah well if you've got a thought give us a call 0808 17 17 700 
So Celtic through, Rangers through, Aberdeen out and Motherwell out last night. It was always going to be a tough one for Stephen Robinson and his team against Hapil Beersheva and it was 3-0 in the end. This was Robinson afterwards. I think Tim's been a little bit of disappointment because I thought for large periods of the game we were a better side. Um, before they score, Chris Long's a keeper makes a great save from him. Tony Watt has a great chance. And even at 1-0 down, Dickie has a great chance to score and, and Lange at the end. But, you know, and I thought we were with a better team. We were the likely team to, to go and score. There's naivety in the, the defending. You know, to concede two set plays is, is probably the biggest disappointment. Great experience for Motherwell, but uh, the gaffer is left feeling frustrated. I always want more. Um, I'm never happy. Um, I know some people that follow the club won't be happy either. They're never happy, um, some of them. But the vast majority appreciate what we've done and what the players have done. They deserve a large amount of credit for you know, to come here and go toe-to-toe with that team. Just disappointed because I, I always want more and I really believe that we, we could have went further tonight. But when you look at the experience in our squad and the young players and the young players that have travelled with us, that's what we have. 23 young players. And we keep going. We go again. And I've got a taste of it. The players got a taste of that. And, and we certainly want more. Yeah, I think we got that dig from Stephen Robinson. Some people are never happy. But Is that as he was speaking about? <laughs> oh no, probably. <laughs> but I mean, he demands a lot, and you know, he's he's not he's not happy with that bowing out of Europe. Um, he feels that that they had a, a wee chance. I like Stephen Robinson. You know, I like that sort of manager that tells it as he as he sees it. He doesn't hide. He comes out and he says exactly what he thinks. I think players respect that. Yeah. In Europe, you know, I think they're unlucky. You know, if it's fine lines in these games, and at least these, these sort of European games, I was listening to Fadi on the radio last night, and as Stephen Robinson says, I think they had a few chances. If you get the chances away from him, you, you need a wee bit of luck, them, don't you? you? You need a wee bit of luck yeah. as well that just keeps you in those games. And then Gallagher gets sent off, and the game's done after that. So, but I mean, but I mean, what about the relative budgets? Appel, Beersheva and Motherwell I mean just no contest it shouldn't be a contest No but again they've done great uh, and I think Motherwell's season will really kick on now you know I, I know they started very poorly but mm-hmm. the last two games it looks like the old Motherwell again uh, and again playing well in Europe last night I can really see Motherwell making a, a right good challenge for third now Aberdeen lost out in Lisbon beaten uh, 1-0 by Sporting the goal inside seven minutes and although they'd plenty of the game um, Aberdeen bow out but lots of pluses for Derek McInnes I thought it was a fully committed performance which it had to be I thought we were a brilliant organisation about us great discipline about the team great disguise on the pass um, for their goal and a brilliant finish you see the quality of their team then but I was delighted with the response of the team from then I thought um, a lot of set play opportunities a lot of counter-attack opportunities and we've got to make more of them on the day. Uh, I thought the players showed a real uh, level of performance tonight that pleases me and disappointed we haven't got anything to show for the effort. What Aberdeen lacked last night, Leanne, was just a bit of quality and a bit of composure and attack because they actually had plenty of the game against a sporting team which, which actually wasn't too far away from being their strongest 11 despite all the talk of the, the COVID-related absences. Um, so it was a really good performance from uh, Aberdeen, but it maybe just underlined that they need uh, Sam Cosgrove back. They need someone who can nick a goal for them because a, a lot of people have said, "Well, Aberdeen are playing good, fo- better football because he's not there because mm-hmm. they're 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 finding more creative ways of getting the ball forward." But actually, uh, ultimately, you need a goal, especially when the game's as tight as that. Mm-hmm. I think to be able to change the way that you play and be a bit more direct and have somebody like Cosgrove up top that puts them under pressure, that makes them defend. I don't know if looking at that Aberdeen team 
really is making a top side defend. Mm. You know, a lot of it would be comfortable with the games in front of them. I think Cosgrove would give you that, that different dimension. But credit to Aberdeen, you know, it's a difficult one for them to prepare. They never knew who was going to be available, who wasn't. How do you, how do you analyse these teams yeah. and, and really go and give yourself a true account? But it sounds like they've got as close to that as what they could have done without actually getting something out of the game. I think with these one-off games, you always feel a bit more hard done by as well because it, it feels like it was so close. You know, you were a goal away for getting to extra time or just something. Um, whereas I think over two legs, you can you can kind of justify a defeat or uh, a result a bit better. And I think that's a difference between a good team and a top team. It's that cutting edge up front. You know, mm-hmm. within games that you see, there's not a lot in them, but the top, what the top teams do have is somebody up top that can put the ball in it. But on Motherwell and Aberdeen, you know, I think we've got great coaches in this country just now. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen Robbins, like you say the wage budget compared to the other teams but so well set up and Derek McInnes is the same you know they're good coaches uh, and we've got good players but I just think where we lack maybe in Europe is, is they guys up top who, who can do it who can stick the ball away in Europe That was a shocker for Aberdeen against uh, Motherwell last weekend I don't think any of us would have seen that result coming but for Motherwell um, after that defeat in Israel it's another big game they keep on coming it's a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday uh, Rangers are at Fir Park Leanne how do you see that one going? I think it'll be a tough, tough afternoon for Rangers, if I must say. I think, as I touched on there, Motherwell will kick on after the the performance that they had last night, the result that they had last week. We spoke to Morris Ross maybe four weeks ago or so on the show. There was never a panic at Motherwell about the way that they had been playing. They actually felt like they, they hadn't done themselves justice in the sense that the results never reflected how they had played. Um, I think there's a real underlying confidence at Motherwell. Um They'll have a, a bit between, between their teeth. That was easy for me to say <laughs> uh, for that on they Sunday. Are, to be fair, they are great teeth you've got. <laughs> Can I get anything between them? <laughs> Sai loves teeth. Uh, they're gorgeous teeth. And, no, I, but I, I and eyebrows. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but no, I, like you, Sai. I'm a real fan of Stephen Robinson. I like his attitude. I, I don't want to hear when Motherwell bow out of Europe. I don't think anyone, any of the fans, want to hear. Well, it was a great experience mm. and a privilege to be there and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're out, and I wanted to win because I want to win every game. And I think they could be a real danger to Rangers. Definitely. And it's similar to what I said about um, Hibs last week when Rangers were playing them. You know, I think a lot of managers this year that have played Rangers have went out just hoping to stop Ryan Kent. Whereas guys like Jack Ross, Stephen Robinson, for me, they'll be working all week on how to stop Kent. There'll be a plan in place. It'll not just be we'll go out there and hopefully we stop Ryan Kent. They'll Monday to Friday, well, they've played, sorry, but the next couple of days, they'll be drilled on how to stop Rangers playing. What Rangers are good at and how do we stop it? And then, can we counter them? So I fully expect... Rangers, after drawing last week, the last game that they would want to play would be would be Motherwell at Fir Park. And I think it could be a, a great game. And I think this is one of those games that Rangers need somebody like a Ryan Jack. In yeah. there, and I, I know he's maybe back late training. Was that the, yeah, the not, chat? But not he's not, not going to be available. Play, so no. from he's a big miss. Yeah, and Rangers need to need to change their way. You know, as we said in the start of the show against Villam Tway, maybe you got that that bit more time on the ball. Whereas as Sunday they'll not get that. Motherwell will be in their faces, so they need to find a different way to play. Still no Roof, still no Aribo, still no Jack. So so three key players st- still out for them. And and on the Motherwell side of things. Tony Watt showing signs of coming alive. Yeah, and, and on that, Rob, you made a great point with the three players missing. You're now asking Stephen Davis to play three games in a week. 
390 minutes at 35 year old you know that's a tough ask especially at Fir Park where people will be on you so this is where we'll really see how much they're going to miss guys like Jack and Aribo and, and Roof because uh, you look at the bench last night for Rangers it's nowhere near as strong as, as a Celtic bench so I'd fully expect Steven Gerrard to go with the exact same team that played on Thursday and that, that'll be a tough ask because mm-hmm. I think for Rangers they need a nasty performance against the Motherwell yeah. to get the job done I don't think they go and get the respect that other teams would give them yeah and that's you know where they've struggled in the past isn't it and they sort of performances 100%, yeah. 100% getting your hands dirty that, that, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's that game but do you know what this will be a real test of character for Rangers because it's a game that they must win I, yeah. don't, I don't think for anybody any Rangers fan will tolerate anything other than three points and as you were saying uh, and that's pressure but yeah. go and, you go and deal with that that's, and that, that's where Celtic do well you know when Celtic mm-hmm. aren't playing well and it's these horrible games they still end up they end up getting the win in the end whereas Rangers maybe get a draw in the past so it'll be good to see where Rangers are at after that performance Thursday and you wonder what it would mean psychologically for Rangers as well having been top of the league virtually from the, the start of the season uh, to suddenly be, be knocked off it what, what would that do to them? Well, I think the pressure's already increasing. I think the pressure's there. That showed in the performance last week. For me, I was actually impressed and I thought they had turned a corner because it would have been a result like that last year that they, they would have drawn or they would have lost. When they get their noses back in front, I thought, this is maybe a different Rangers side you're seeing, but they don't see the game out and they eventually draw the match. I think now it's a real test of character for them. They know that Celtic are coming. Mm. They will always be coming. Celtic won't ever go away. But what they need to be able to do is to keep their noses in front and lead for the front. You cannot be a team that's just happy chasing all the time. You have to be there and stamp your authority. Win these games, big games, get the job done. I think so they'll be thinking about it. They've, they're nine games undefeated now, aren't they? Rangers? Uh-huh. And they're right. Uh-huh, good. Uh, Very good. Good that's start. A great start. But, uh, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> see, see the sort of Celtic and Rangers, it was similar to last year. Mm-hmm. You know, before Christmas, Celtic weren't playing well, but they were winning games. And then Rangers were playing well, winning games. The, the old firm game happened. Mm-hmm. Rangers won, and, and it shocked Celtic into life. Yeah, you know. So uh, there's a lot of similarities to last year. What we need to know is, and we won't we won't know until it happens, is can Rangers do this over the course of the season? Mm-hmm. But the Celtic fans will be concerned as well. They were concerned uh, last weekend against Livingston, where it wasn't as easy as they felt it should have been. At three-one, they were cruising, and then they conceded late, and it was awkward at the end. Livingston had a late chance in the game. Uh, a lot of Celtic fans, as we've heard already in the show unconvinced despite progress in Europe last night and who you don't want coming calling on Sunday is a Hibs side who did so well against Rangers last weekend that will be a huge test for, for Celtic as well I mean I was lucky enough on the A license last week that I was on Jack Ross was one of the tutors on it and listening to him speak he's mm. so intelligent yeah He's so prepared for every team that they come up against he used to write books you know him did he? is it similar to, <laughs> is it similar to talking to me uh, I think you've been listening to him. <laughs> so he does it with joined up writing. Right. <laughs> no credits. Um, no, he but does see, a column now, or Sam, though. Exactly. There's no, no, way, there's no way he's writing that himself. Ah, he well. <laughs> is, is there a colouring inversion? <laughs> Thank God for Spellchecker, by the way, honestly. Uh, right. Anyway, Leon, you were saying. Uh, no, it will be a huge test for Celtic, but I think, again, this is a test of character for Hibs also, because they see themselves. I tipped them at the start of the season before a ball was kicked for them to be third based on the recruitment based on Jack Ross being in charge um, all the excellent Mirren players they've got that's it they've got experience now I know somebody like Stephen McGinn won't go in there and play an awful lot but Jack Ross holds him up here in such high regard he's in there to orchestrate what's going on off the pitch to make mm. people better to speak about the things that need to be spoke about to dig folk out when it has to be done 
but this is a test now. This is who you, you think you should be up there competing with. If you want to get, you know, split the old firm at some point, if you want to be getting that third spot, you need to go and prove it. And I think that the Hibs boys will be absolutely buzzing for this game at the weekend. Yeah, I think, I think Jack Ross is, is licking his lips, you would imagine, at the prospect of this because he does think things deeply, doesn't he, yeah. about, about a match. A point against Rangers last weekend and they won't go to Celtic Park with any great inferiority complex side, I don't think. No, definitely. I think that's what he's brought to the club that they never had before, that belief that they can go and compete with Celtic and Rangers. My worry for Celtic would be that probably two of the best performances I've seen at Celtic Park in the last four years, five years, was Jack Ross's Aloha team and his St Myrne team. Mm-hmm. He's took teams to Celtic Park and done well. He's got better players now, better squad. You know, I think, Jack, as I said before, Jack Ross will be working all week on a plan of how to beat Celtic. And plus the fact that they're full of confidence after, after the Rangers result. And, you know, I'm looking at it and I think Dodge and Nisbet will be a right handful for, for the likes of Ayer and Julian, who are not at the top of their game just now. Mm-hmm. And the last two players that you want to face right now is Kevin Nisbet and, and Dodge, who, who are on fire just now. Yeah, I mean, he's been involved in a, a serious percentage of their goals, either scoring them or creating them, Kevin Nisbet. He's, he's been a great signing, Leon. He's been outstanding, Rob. Um, I covered a lot of the, the games in the Championship and watched them coming through. Tipped him last year in the Championship to do really well off the basis of how he performed at Wraith Rovers. The question mark was always going to be could he do it when he stepped up to the Championship? Can he do it when he steps up to the, the Premiership? Uh, and he's done it. But mm. he's an all-rounder for me. Yeah. He's, n- he's no one-dimensional and that's what Hibs have got as well. They've not just got one way of playing and a starting eleven that picks herself. They've got players there that can come in and change the game. They've mm. got a tweak to a formation that makes it difficult to play against, ways that they can go and exploit. Um, and Kevin Nisbet has, has been tremendous at that. But Dodge as well, you know, fair play to yeah. him. He came under a lot of criticism last season. Yeah. Um, wasn't he scoring enough? Wasn't he doing enough? Wasn't he mobile enough? Um, missing sitters. That was the talking point this season. He's up there. He looks full of confidence. You could see it when he scored the equaliser um, at the weekend. You know, he was a guy that's enjoying his football. See what you said. You're spot on there. See with Jack Ross watching a game and changing it. The last thing I expected him to do two one down last mm-hmm. week. I thought he'd go three up and what he actually done was went one up. He, mm-hmm. he went with a striker less. He obviously seen someone in Rangers maybe Tavernier. I'm thinking mm-hmm. and he put Nesbitt out to the yeah. left and he took a striker away to put an extra midfielder on and Hibs end up getting the goal for it and for me that's great coaching but most managers would need to lose that game sit down watch the game back analyse it cut points yeah. to know what Where went he wrong sees it he sees away. it in the game he changes yeah. it that's the difference Two big games at the top of the table in the Premiership on Sunday. Motherwell against Rangers is 12 noon and a three o'clock kick-off for Celtic against Hibs. The former Rangers striker John Daly is with us next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! It's Friday football chat and we're into the final furlong at the weekend. Hamilton, Dundee United, Livingston, St Johnston, St Mirren, Kilmarnock. Those three tomorrow and three on Sunday. We've just been speaking about the Motherwell Rangers, Celtic against Hibs and Ross County against Aberdeen. Great results last night for Celtic and Rangers. Sadly, Motherwell and Aberdeen are out of Europe. Um, but Celtic and Rangers march on Sarajevo for Celtic on Thursday. Rangers at home to Galatasaray. Let's talk to the former Rangers striker, former Dundee United striker as well, former Hearts coach John Daly. Hi, John. Rob, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What did you make of that Rangers result last night? That was uh, pretty spectacular, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic result for Rangers and for Scottish football as well. And um, great to see them doing well and progressing to the next next round. And hopefully they can they can get to the group stage along with Celtic. Were you pleasantly surprised that that Rangers won with that sort of four goal cushion? 
Um, yes and no. I think you know they've they've been really good this season. And, um, you know, I think when you look at the the players that they're all playing. You know, I think for me they're playing to the top of their ability right now, and um, you know to go to to William too and, and and put in a result like that, a performance, and and come away with a four 0 victory is a is a fantastic result. And you know, I think everyone would have expected them to win, but to win by that margin, I think is is fantastic for for them, and it'll give them a great boost going into the weekend. And I mean, they're t- they're testing out the depth of their squad as well, aren't they? Because we've just been speaking about it, the absence of uh, of Joe Rebo and Ryan Jack and Kemar Roof. All three would would be probably automatically into the starting lineup. So without them to beat one of the top four or five teams in Dutch football, it, 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 it must be a massive shot in the arm to Rangers. You would think. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know when you're when you're at a club like Rangers and players like that are missing, and you get your opportunity, it's down to you to take it. And the players obviously done that last night, and um, you know it, it just now gives them another opportunity now going into the weekend to stake a claim for for the jerseys because the competition now at, at the old firm is, is massive in terms of trying to get into the team and, and staying in the team. And you know, unfortunately for for the players you've mentioned, that they've missed out um, through injury and. It opens the door for other players to to try and stake that claim to to make sure they stay in the team. John, it's Sai. How you doing, mate? All right. Sorry, what's happening? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, just on Rangers, obviously Rob mentioned the injuries there. Uh, do you think the squad's big enough? Does he need to get a couple more in? Um, I think they, they've done quite well. I think you know they've obviously recruited a number of players in the summer. Um, defensively, I, I've kind of a few concerns whether they need to maybe. You know, get maybe one or two um, in there. But look, as long as they keep winning, confidence will grow. And if they can, if they can steer clear of long-term injuries, then then you know, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's you know, you you kind of when these injuries happen, you kind of think, oh, we should have got extra players in. But the players they have in are, are more than capable, and you know, to compete um, and to. To challenge at the right end of the table and, and to, to try and progress in Europe, and I think when you're at a club like Rangers, when you're at a club like Celtic, you always want to try and bring players in. But you know, you don't want to just bring in players for the sake of bringing in players. You want to make sure that the players you're bringing in are better than the ones that you have, and they're going to challenge the ones that you have, um, to make sure that you know there's there's good competition. Maybe a big target man. Have you still got your boots? No, them boots are long gone, mate. <laughs> boots are long gone. There's cobwebs in them in the garage. <laughs> what about yourself? What are you up to now? Looking to get back into coaching, managing? Yeah, I would obviously like to get back in, but I think obviously the way things are just now, it's difficult. Um, you know, obviously there's concerns over the lower leagues, even starting back, and you know with the fans, um, you know, obviously being put back. So it's 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 a tough period, tough time for everyone. So I've just been doing a bit of work myself, just. Um, for a pal of mine who has a DPD um, franchise, so I've been doing some some shifts for him to get myself out of the house. Um, just you know, just throughout this period, and while I'm looking to try and get something sorted out elsewhere, you know. But as I said, it's it's a tough time for everyone, everyone right now, and that's not just in football. That's just uh, you know, in every environment and every walk of life right now. So yeah. it's um, it's it's tough times, and I think we always have to dig dig deep and, and get through it, and then hopefully. Once we come through the other side and football is back, then you know opportunities then can start to present themselves. Yeah. Just on your old club hearts, is that the biggest certainty in Scottish football this year that they'll they'll win the championship? 
Well, if it starts back up, then yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's obviously a concern. You know, you look at, you know, the the, the leagues and the, as I said, the lower leagues. You just you just wonder if if they can sustain, you know, um, you know, not having fans through the gates and, um, you know, they've obviously had a really good preseason on the Robbie. Robbie's recruited really well. He's brought some. The, you know, the club have been crying out for wide players for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's recruited a couple of wide players who seem to be doing really, really well. And um, you know, fingers crossed. As I said, the, the leagues can start back up, and you know, it'd be great for Hearts to get back to the, the Premiership where we all know they they belong. John, it's Ali here. Uh, great to have you on. I was just going to take you back to your career. You sort of started playing professionally in England, if I'm not mistaken. How different did you find the game when you moved up to Scotland from down south? A lot of people don't seem uh, to to rate it as much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ali. Really, really happy to be on. Um, yeah, I, I think when I when I first came up, I found that physically, what I didn't feel it was as demanding. Um, you know, I felt down south, I was I was a target striker, but I was a small target striker. I wasn't, um, you know, six foot two, six foot three isn't necessarily a, a big target man in England. It's you know, you're coming up against centre backs that are six foot five, six foot six every week. Um, you know, and they're physically strong and 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 capable, and you know, I, f- I found it it was it was tough. You know, it was always a battle, um, and then I felt when I came to Scotland, I felt that the physicality side of the game wasn't as intense, it wasn't as as difficult, and I felt then that I, I became more of a, a physical presence in Scotland, um, and it was something that was nice to to be able to troll people about rather than getting thrown about yourself. <laughs> There's still a lot of sneering about Scottish football down south, isn't there, John? Yeah, well, it it, it doesn't get any coverage whatsoever. When I, when I was down at Hartlepool, I remember, you know, Dundee United uh, being linked with Dundee United and, and getting a phone call. And, and, and if I was being brutally honest, I didn't know anything about Dundee United. So I spoke to Gavin Strachan, who was at the club at the time, and he um, he mentioned, he just said, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge football club, and if you get the opportunity, you should take it with both hands. And... I'm delighted that I listened to him because you know Scottish football for me is 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 much better than people give it credit for. And you know England, I think people get caught up with the the Premiership and you know the top end of the Championship. But the lower leagues are are, are really really tough. And and to be honest, the football isn't great. Um, you know I used to probably touch the ball about four times a game mm. in 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 them games and down in League One, League Two, really really tough games. And and as I said, there's not much football. It's very very direct. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised when I came to Scotland that, you know, yes, I was still being used, um, you know, early for my ability um, that I that I possessed. But, you know, there was more balls coming into your feet to get hold of and to try and link the game. And um, and, I, and I think you're, you're spot on. It, do, it doesn't get credit and I don't think it ever will because everybody gets caught up with the Premiership, as I said, down in England. And I think I think ourselves, we need to promote it more. Um you know, I think we need to, we need to yeah. really big it up because because it is a good standard, and you know, you just look at you look at the games last night and and it shows that you know we're not a million miles away. I know, obviously, Motherwell got beat, but you know, Bereshiva are no mugs. Um, they're a good good side, and and then Aberdeen obviously going out to Sporting and losing and losing one nil and giving them a good game. So, 
you know, we've we've got we've got a, a good product, and I think you know we need to try and do more to promote that product. It's been, I mean, it's been good to watch some of these European games because they've been one-off, and it's made a lot of foot, a lot of European football more entertaining. But I guess the other side of that coin probably applies to Motherwell and Aberdeen last night because had Aberdeen lost one 0 in Lisbon, they'd have been delighted with the result to take back to Petodre and Motherwell. I imagine would have pressed the gamble button at some stage in the game to try and get back at Hapil Beersheva, where otherwise they they might have been able to get a similar sort of result that they could have protected back to to Fir Park. Yeah, no, de- definitely. I think the the one-legged games have have made it a little bit more in, uh, unpredictable. I think you know you're right. I think Aberdeen would have been delighted with a you know one-nil defeat going back to to Pataudry and. And then you know trying to take the game to to Sporting there and and uh, you know you even look at, at Celtic Celtic got knocked out of Champions League on on you know a one legged um, you know fixture whereas you know they probably would have fancied themselves to go and, and turn that toy around and and still be in the Champions League so yeah. it does make it difficult and it makes it it makes it exciting for the neutral in terms of you know you just if if you if you're not if you're not at it in front of goal and you're you know you're you don't take your chances, you can get punished. And, and as I said, we've seen that with Celtic in the Champions League and it's unfortunate um, for, for Aberdeen and for Motherwell in terms of, you know, they, they've worked hard all season to get to get into them positions and give themselves them opportunities to play in Europe. And, and it's unfortunate with everything that's going on that they're just one-legged games. And, you know, as I said, they, they've been lucky that they've, they've been beaten. Definitely unfortunate for the fans as well, John, who weren't able to go, especially um, Motherwell fans, for example, who maybe don't get in as often uh, as Rangers and Celtic. But talking about the fans, you obviously played for Rangers. We've been having a a bit of a chat about Rangers not having fans and whether that would help them or or hinder them at the moment. What do you think, obviously, having played for Rangers yourself? Um, I think both. It can help and hinder. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, when you when you walk out there, because I've obviously played there as as an opposing player and and as a, a Rangers player, and I think you know when you walk out as an opposing player, it, it can be quite intimidating. Um, you know that that um, the noise and um, everything that goes on. But on the flip side of that, you know when when you go to places like that, if you can try and turn the crowd on on uh, the home side, it, it can be it can be helpful. But you know, I think there's there's a lot of probably players in the in the Rangers um, uh, changing room just now that you know probably not having fans there would probably help them in terms of you know if, if they're not if they don't start particularly well, you know there's no pressure on them to you know to score within sort of the first 20 minutes and, and make sure the crowd are on side and you know they probably have that little um, bit longer to be patient and, and to make sure that you know if if they don't score in the first half you know they can go and do in the second. But I think. We all want to see fans back, and, and I would imagine all the players are the same. You know, I would imagine they're getting quite bored of it now, playing in, playing in empty stadiums. I was thinking, um, especially the the new signings who wouldn't have experienced any of the Rangers fans at all, or Celtic fans are. Yeah, no. They, when they're signed, when they're getting signed, oh, every other week it's sixty thousand, <laughs> it's, it's fifty thousand, or it's uh, yeah. twenty five. I think that might be quite a good thing, though. In that sense, if you look at it like that, a lot of new players that have come in, Ali, you've made a good point there because. They've probably signed under the illusion that they're going to be playing in front of fifty odd thousand a week, and they're not. So if you can get up to speed and you can perform yeah. well, 
think how good it's going to be when you've got 50 odd thousand people right behind you because yeah, there's not one you make a bad start and the crowd are on your back it's hard, it's hard to recover uh, from you that you can't turn it around three yeah. or four games uh, good, if, if you don't good old negative Scottish viewpoint <laughs> <laughs> speaking for experience just leave them <laughs> Dundee killed me honestly fans at Dundee as soon as I had a couple of bad games they were on me constantly and I just couldn't shake it so if, if the fans wouldn't have been there I'd probably have been Dundee's best ever player You need to play for Stranraer They cheer even when they lose the ball They're like oh well done Well done John before you go A couple of big games on Sunday uh, Motherwell Rangers Celtic Hibs How do you see them going? I think they're going to be tough games I think you know You, you look at I was speaking about Hibs earlier And Hibs away record this year Has been phenomenal You know 4-0-4 four, And they'll be going to, to Celtic point And they'll be, they'll be You know I don't think they'll be going there Just to make up the numbers They'll um, they'll be definitely looking to put in a performance and, and trying to upset Celtic. And um, you know, Motherwell um, seem to have hit a obviously take away the European result, but they've they've hit a bit of form. Um, and I always fancied they would. You know, Stephen Robinson, I really rate him as a manager and as a coach. And yeah. he's got some good coaches there with him as well. You know, in Morris Ross and, and uh, Steve Lasley. You know, good good lads and good coaches and. Um, you know, I always fancy that they would turn it around, and it's it's a difficult place to go, uh, Fair Park. I think, but you know, I think again, without the fans, it it, it just makes it a little bit more um, interesting, a little bit more difficult for for the home side. You know, I think Motherwell probably rely on them fans, um, when they're playing against the the bigger the bigger yeah. sides and. Um, you know, I think it'd be, it should be should be good games of football. Hopefully, John, great to hear from you. And John Daly is available for hire. Yes, John. That's it from <laughs> us you, for this week on the Go Radio Football Show. Enjoy your weekend. We're back with you Monday at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go.